You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. If you will, turn with me to Matthew 16. And this is a a moment in history that marked the world forever. Um, And the answer to this question is the number one question. And the answer is the difference between eternal life and eternal death. Forever. It's a forever thing. This is the most important question that each person in this room has to answer for yourself. And this is it. Matthew 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. What are the people saying about me, the the son of man? Who do they believe I am? They answered, Some are convinced you are John the baptizer. Others say you are Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. They're just a prophet. You're just a prophet. A lot of people believe Jesus was a good man or just a prophet. That's what the culture believed. And that's what these people were saying. They said, man, we've talked to people and they're all saying this. And quite frankly, I think a lot of them were thinking it too. They're like, we're not quite sure who you are. We're not, we're not completely convinced, you know, that you're, you're just not a good man or a prophet. We know you're something. And the world knows Jesus is something. And they talk about him being this and that and another thing, even in the Quran, Jesus is the only one in all of the Quran that does miracles. And a lot of Muslims have come to know him as the Lord, Jesus Christ, because of that. Because they're like, man, only God does miracles. Jesus must be God. And so even there, God is reaching. Even there, God is seeking to save. Even in the, the, the Quran, he's seeking to save lives. Because that's what he does. That's who he is. That's what he wants to do. But then he, he says this, who do they all say? Who's, who's the crowd say? Who's the culture say I am? And then he asks them this, but you, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. And that, that's really the, that's the eternal question. That's the, that's the question that will determine whether you go to heaven or hell. That's the question that will determine whether you live in freedom in this life or slavery. You might say, well, what does that mean? What what am I a slave to? Slave to sin. You will serve it. Uh, You know, Satan's so good at tricking people, lying to people. People think that sin is serving them. When in fact, without Jesus, you're serving sin. Sin is controlling you. And you'll never experience freedom from the power of sin to control you in this life. You'll never experience what real life is really about. You'll never experience who you are and who God really created you to be. You'll never experience the purpose and meaning of your life, why you were specifically created. You'll never experience that if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord. But if you do, you can experience that. The door is open to you to experience the purpose and the passion of what life really is all about. It's available to you. But you have to answer the question. Each individual has to answer this question for themselves. Who do you say? Who do you say Jesus is? And then he says this. 
Simon Peter spoke up and said, you are the anointed one. Now, there, in a lot of different translations, you're going to see Messiah or Christ. I want to say this to you. The word Messiah is the Hebrew word for the Greek word Christ. In Greek, it's Christ. In Hebrew, it's Messiah. So when you see Messiah, it means Christ. When you see Christ, it means Messiah. And what does it mean? Exactly what it's translated in the Passion. It means the anointed one. Now, we're going to break down uh, Jesus' name and title, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to break that down over the next couple weeks. We're going to talk about what, it, what, it, what he means when he says he's the Lord. We're going to talk about what it means when he says he's Jesus. We're going to talk about what it means, the other part of his name, Christ, Messiah, the anointed, what that means over the next couple Sundays. But I have to start someplace different than there. Even though that's the conclusion. He said, you're the anointed one, the son of the living God. So basically, Peter's saying, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, and because you're the son the only son, the only begotten son of the living God, then you are, I recognize you as fully man, but I recognize you also as fully God. The Lord Jesus Christ, Lordship represents he's fully God. Jesus represents his humanity, that he put on a human suit. He was in a human body. Experienced human things other than sin. Amen? He died for our sins and experienced what sin, the penalty of sin was like. And he felt temptation, but he never gave in. So that's why he, we're going to talk about this, he's the great high priest because he can actually feel. And we're going to talk about why, why God did that and why it's so important to our lives. And then the word Christ is the anointed one. Jesus operates in three different anointings, and he wants to operate those anointings in and through us, and we'll get to that next week. But it's his full name, and then every part of that has meaning. Every part of that has meaning. He's fully God, he's fully man, and he holds an office called the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. He has a role. That he plays. And so Jesus replied, You are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Do you know it's God that supernaturally reveals this to us? He puts us in a place, in a position that he can supernaturally show us who he is. And then we have a choice to make. We know that this was supernaturally revealed to Peter, yet Peter denied him three times. This can be supernaturally shown to you, and you still deny that he's the, the Lord Jesus Christ of your life. Even the demons in hell recognize he is the Lord Jesus Christ. But they don't recognize he's their Lord Jesus Christ. There's a difference between acknowledging it and actually believing it. Actually believing that he is who he says he is. It goes on to say, I give you the name Peter or a stone. And actually the word Peter means little rocky or a piece of the rock. You know, Peter is the original uh, Rocky Balboa. He, he denied Jesus three times, got knocked down three times. He got up three times. Amen. Amen. But he said, you're a little rocky, a stone. 
And he said, in this rock, not talking about Peter, but talking about what Peter said, that Jesus is the Lord Jesus Christ, that he holds those offices. He is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Lord, in a man suit. He said, on this rock will be the bedrock foundation in which I will build my church, my legislative assembly. Otherwise, how I will operate my kingdom on the earth. And the power of death will not be able to overpower it. He talks about, I'll give you key, the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. He said, I'm going to give this to the church. I'm going to give this to the church, this power, this power to release, this power to, 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 to set boundaries. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom to operate the kingdom on the earth. Now, why is that not happening? Why do we not see that completely take place? Well, there's a reason. And it's because when people answer this question and they say, He is the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not wholehearted. He's one of many things. He's one of many things people believe. They believe in America. They believe in uh, nature. They believe in uh, their, their kids. They believe in marriage. They believe, and those things are all good. You know, uh, I, I, I thoroughly uh, enjoy the planet, this beautiful planet God gave us. And think we have a responsibility to, to steward this planet. I, I thoroughly enjoy the marriage God blessed me with. I thoroughly enjoy my children. But my belief at my core of who I am, my life doesn't belong to this planet. It doesn't belong to my wife. It doesn't belong to my children. My life belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that, that's the difference. And that, that's the difference you know, where do, who does your life really belong to? You know, that's why Jesus said on the last days on judgment, many are going to say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, I never knew you. They're going to confess that he's the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, but they don't really believe it in their heart. They haven't submitted their whole life to him. He said this, if you give me your whole life, I'll give you a life worth living. He said, if you'll surrender, if you'll die to yourself, and give me your life, then I'll, in exchange, I'll give you not just a life in heaven forever, which is, that would be enough, but he said, I'll give you a life of meaning, purpose, and value right here on the earth, and you'll find yourself in the right place at the right time doing the right things. You'll find yourself being able to overcome the trouble and tribulation of this life. You'll find yourself moving forward. What did we talk about last Sunday? He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, otherwise, if you'll make your home in me and you'll allow me to make my home in you, I will ask whatever you desire and I'll bring it to pass because I want you to be full of joy, full of answered prayer. But a lot of people don't have a lot of answer prayer because it's not all the way. This thing is not all the way there. We have a lot of things vying for our hearts. We have a lot of stuff that's, that's competing for our, our very heart, what we really believe. I'll tell you what you really believe. I'll tell you how you know what you really believe. Where do your feet take you and where does your money go? 
You want to know what you really believe? Where does your feet take you and where does your money go? Because that's where your heart is taking you. That's what the Bible says, right? Where your money is is where your... Where your heart is is where your treasure is. Wherever, you, wherever your heart is going, your treasure. What is your treasure? Your time, your effort, your energy, your finances. Your life is your treasure. Say, well, pastor, I got to go to work. Of course you do. But are you taking Jesus with you? Is he the Lord at work? Is he the Lord there? Or are you just kind of trying to fit in? I, I, it's unbelievable to me how many people can disassociate with Jesus when they have to and want to. When it's going to cost them something, they just disassociate. Man, I, you know what? I, that, you know, I'm going to keep Jesus out here at work because you know what? I don't want the fellas to think anything of me. I don't, want, I don't want the other ladies at work to think, you know, that I'm, you know, I'm different or anything because I don't want to fade any heat for being different. When I go around my family, man, I don't want them to think I'm a Jesus freak. I just, I just, I just want them to think I'm one of them, so I'm just going to fit right in again. and I'm going to party, and I'm going to do my thing that they do, and I'll smoke a little herb, and I'll, I'll do my thing, and... And I don't want to be left out, man. So, you know, the, all, the, all the ladies on Friday night go get some beers. All the guys go. I'm going to go with them. Listen, you're, Jesus wants our whole heart. Amen. He gave his whole life. Amen. He paid a debt that we could not pay. Hallelujah. And he paid it for us. He didn't ask us to pay it. We knew, he knew we didn't have the money. He knew we didn't have what it took. We couldn't exchange. We didn't have the exchange to pay the price for our sin, so he paid it for us. The body of Christ has suffered, and we've lost ground in our city, in our state. We've lost huge ground. We've lost ground in our nation. We've lost ground in the world. And we're continually every year losing ground. We're losing generations of kids. Why? Because, man, we're, we, we're not, a lot of times the adults aren't all, all in. we got to be all in. Everything belongs to Jesus. I have a marriage because my marriage belongs to Jesus. I have, a, I have children that are honorable because my children belong to Jesus. I'm a manager, not an owner. He's the owner. I'm a manager. I went to a McDonald's in I was in uh, Georgia dropping my son off. I had another son who went through boot camp and graduated and dropped him off in Georgia. <laughs> Praise God. Love all our kids that do that and, and go in the military and serve us. Love all our people that do that. Uh, but, yeah, and so I'm going to this McDonald's. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I walked up. Before I got to the counter, and it wasn't a big McDonald's. I had three or four people say, hello, how are you? Man, welcome to McDonald's. And I'm like, man, this is the best McDonald's I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, this is a small store, so the walk wasn't like, here we have some bigger ones. You have to walk a little way. It was like right inside the door. It was almost like the counter was right in front of you. So, I mean, in that little space, that happened. And, man, they were, they were cleaning the parking lot. I mean, now I said, man, there, there's something happening. It didn't dawn. Then I looked and saw the owners. And management team. There's about 15 of them in there. 
And that place was, whew, people were scrubbing, they were mopping, they were cleaning up. I bet 15 people asked us if our food was good. Why? Because the owner was there. Is the owner here? Is he here? Well, you're on, you're on your best game. You're on your best behavior. Is he here? I'm telling you, man, they were scrubbing everything. They were scrubbing. I mean, there were people everywhere. Man. They, they were all over this thing. Our food came out piping hot. I'm serious. I bet you 15 times, probably five different people, Walk by our table. Is your food good? You know, it's Georgia. Is your food good? <laughs> How y'all doing? We use y'all too, just a little bit differently than they. But, uh, but I mean, it was just incredible, sir. I mean, golly. It's incredible service. Because the owner was there. They were all serving at the highest level, laughing cutting up, having fun. And as the owner, when the owner's here, it should bring out the best in us, not the worst in us. We should be on our game. He don't show up every once in a while. He's there 24-7. And he, doesn't, he knows we can't be perfect, but he does know we can mature. He does know we can grow. He does know we can move forward. He does know we can take steps. He knows that if we rely on him, he, he will take us on the, that journey with him. But he's got, we've got to be submitted our whole life. Every good thing I have in my life is because of Jesus. Seriously. Every good thing is because of Jesus. Every good thing I have. I wake up every morning. Every morning I've trained myself to thank him. Man, we, we flew, the flights were on time, they were, there was no turbulence, I mean, not even a bump in the road, everybody was kind, we had supernatural favor go before us, my son looked at me and said, man, we're having tremendous favor, we come to the McDonald's on the day that the owners are here, and we're getting the best service we've ever had, <laughs> if Nick's here, Nick, you give great service, but, I, but I'm serious, he knows that when he's there, Right? You aren't watching your kids. They're here. Supervisor comes in the room. Hopefully they're here. Or you make them get here. One of the two. Why? Because dad, 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 the owner's there. Daddy's home. My boys, they got in the habit of going to tell my mom when they messed up first, hoping she'd mitigate the damages they were about to incur. They still do. They call mama. I've been in a car wreck. They don't call me. They call mama. Can you talk to dad? Can you tell dad? She's gotten good because it makes me mad. She said, no, you're going to go tell dad. She used to come out and say, Troy, I can tell by the tone of her voice. I'm like, okay, what those boys do now? You know, they're like goats. No, I won't, I won't say what they're doing, what goats do. But, but listen, um, you know, God, he, he, this is an all-in situation. 
This is the owner is here. Except if he's really the Lord, if he's really the supreme authority in your life, he's living inside of you every day. And, and I love what he says. He says, if you'll give me all of that, all that you've got, I'll give you a life that you, wow. He said, if you'll lose your life to me and die to yourself and say, self, I'm not going to give you what you want. God, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you all of myself. I'm going to give it to you. He said, then I will create a life in you, an overcomer's life, that even in trouble you'll overcome. No matter what happens, you'll overcome. And I'll bless you to be a blessing. We, we have a culture now in church, churches, other ch churches, and even people probably in our, I know, in our church too. It's like, what can God do for me? Well, let me say, let me tell you what God's done for you. He died for your sins. He paid your price to purchase you out of hell and out of a life, that a life of hell on earth and a life that's worse hell in the next life. He's already, he loved you so much, he gave it his all. All in to save our lives. Now it's our turn to serve him. And he's, this is what's crazy. He said, if you go all in and serving me, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to make some good things happen for you. He said, put me first and I'll do what? Add all things you need. Everything, I'll add it to you if you'll put me first. Problem is, there's so many things vying for our attention and competing for our heart that we give into. Instead of saying, God, you know what? My focus of every relationship is, is you. My focus of my finances is you. I don't know why it's hard for people to be givers. The only way people aren't givers is they think it's their money. I understand it's all God's money. I understand my time is his time. He tells me to do something, it's on his time. My time is his time. My finances are his. My marriage is his. My children are his. It's amazing the peace that comes on you when you finally recognize with your whole heart that he is the Lord Jesus Christ and you finally recognize and surrender to him, it's amazing how much peace will come on you. It's amazing how many prayers will start being answered. It's amazing what he'll do for you. When you go all in, when you finally say, okay, listen, I'm all in. I'm all in. I really love this, this next story I'm going to tell you. Go with me to Luke. Luke chapter 19. You know, we're going to start in verse 10 because it's the point of the story. Verse 10 is the point of the story. Then we're going to go back and read the story. But the point of the story is in Luke 19, verse 10, it says, The Son of Man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost or to save the lost. That word saved or give life to is the word zozo. S-O-Z-O, zozo. And it means to make whole. It means to deliver. It means to heal. It means to, to save you. From what? From being lost. What does lost mean? I, I, I looked up all the definitions in the Greek of lost, and, and I found this. 
mislaid or left in a place unknown or forgotten. You ever felt forgotten? You ever felt out of place? It means um, ruined, destroyed, wasted, or squandered. Employed to no good purpose, lost. It means forfeited. It means not able to find the right way or to the place intended. You know, we have a whole generation of kids that are, man, they're, they're so mentally messed up. I mean, I can't believe how much mental medication, how much therapy, and that's always the answer. Therapy, medication, therapy, medication. Man, that's your problem. Now they're talking about all these people, that all these young people that shoot up things. Man, they have all these mental illnesses. No, they have a serious spiritual illness. The mental is a reflection of what is in their spirit. But the world can't recognize that or won't recognize that because then they have to recognize that there's good and evil, that Jesus Christ is the Lord, and there really is a Lord, there really is a Savior, and there really is a Satan. That's the issue. It's here. That's reflected either physically, physiologically, or just spiritually lost. Lost. They're lost. And they're lost because there's not enough adults that are just all in where they see this all in attitude. They see how what it's like to live for Jesus. This isn't a feel good message today. Unless you're doing, unless you're in. If you're in, you're going to feel good because now you're going to walk into peace and security that only God can give you because your heart's all in. You're going to walk in the joy and purpose of life. You're not going to be lost anymore. You're going to be found. I know when I was lost as a teenager, I was angry all the time. All the time I was angry. When I saw the Hulk and the, uh, the, the asked him in the movie, one of the Avengers movies, uh, Avengers movies, they said, hey, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you, you know, um, handle all this anger and everything? And his response was, I'm angry all the time. I have to control it. Listen, I was angry all the time. I was angry all the time because I was lost. You know, the biggest fights Julie and I get into, if you just want to know, the biggest fights we get into is over directions. <laughs> biggest fights. I mean, we're mad at each other because I can't stand computers. And I don't like GPS. And that doggone thing's right most of the time. But it doesn't feel right. I'm like, this doesn't feel like we're going south. This doesn't feel like we're going that direction. This doesn't feel like we're going. And she's just always like, trust it. Just do what it says. And a lot of times if my boys are with me, she sits in the back and my boys sit up front because we don't want to fight. Because I don't trust GPS. And guys, here's my real problem. Here's my real problem. I hate, with a capital H-A-T-E, being lost or feeling lost. And the reason I was angry as a teenager is because I always had this feeling I was lost. The reason these young men are angry is because they're lost. And no one said, hey, I've got a solution to being lost. His name is Jesus. He will find you. If you'll accept him as Lord. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be down or depressed and defeated. You don't have to be 
You don't have to be drugged just to maintain some kind of life. You can die early from liver disease and being destroyed by these medications. They're pumping in our people's bodies. I despise the devil. I'm going to say it again. I despise the devil. And the evil he perpetrates and the damage he does to people. The answer is Jesus. But it's all in. It's, it's, it's him being the number one. It's him being number one in every single aspect that you can't separate yourself at work. You can't separate yourself at home. You can't separate yourself from him in any place of your life. You know how many politicians I talk to during these last years that will tell me, well, personally, I believe this, but, you know, I can't say that publicly. And I'm like, man, if you, I tell them point blank, if you can separate yourself from Jesus in that office, I don't want you there. If you're sep- if publicly you're ashamed of Jesus, Jesus said, if you're publicly ashamed of me, then I, I, won't, I won't pronounce you before the Father. You have to publicly acknowledge that you're living for him. That doesn't mean you go to work and beat everybody up over the head with the Bible. Or you go think your job is to preach. No, your job is to work. But it's how you work, how you act, how you conduct yourself that makes the difference. It's actually living it in very practical ways. In growing, in having a desire to grow. And live for him even more. But you can't separate yourself all the time. I I, I just, I've gotten to the place, man, they don't even want to talk to me anymore, the politicians. Because as soon as I hear that, I'm just like, man, I have no room for that. I won't support you at all. That's what I told uh, Mayor Kintock. When I found out he was supporting um, homosexuality, supporting it, celebrating it, and wanted that person to be in leadership in our city. I said, I cannot have you come to the church. I will not support that. Well, privately, you know, whatever. I've had our current mayor say, well, you know, really I'm this way. I'm like, there's no record of it. There's no record that you're that way. Matter of fact, the record says you're pro-abortion. That's what the records, ah, well, those are, I'm like, I don't want to hear all that nonsense. I don't want to hear you can separate yourself from Jesus. I don't want you to, I don't want to hear you can denounce him in your marriage and say, yeah, I serve Jesus, but man, when it comes to my marriage, man, there's no way. I'm going to do what I want to do. I love Jesus, but when it comes to raising kids, I'm going to do it my way, man. I'm going to do it the way I want to. Can I tell you what the Bible says about raising children? Spare the rod and you hate your child. Don't discipline your children and you hate them, not love them. Satan says the exact opposite. Don't do any discipline. Just be their best friend. They don't need a best friend. Their best friend needs to be Jesus, not you. They need a parent. They need somebody that will lovingly spank their behinds, lovingly take their phone, lovingly say, no, you can't be on social media. Media. Well, all my friends, I don't care about all your friends being on it. That's their parents and their choice. But in my house, this is who we are. 
and not apologize for it. Like, I'm too hard. Because they'll treat you that way just like I treated my parents that way. Just like you treated your parents that way. But how many of you value the discipline and the correction they gave you now? We can't live our lives outside of the word and then say we're wholehearted. God wants us to be all in. Not perfect, but all in. Growing, progressing, moving forward with Him. Luke 19. Let's read this story. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. He tells the story. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus had to pass through Jericho. There lived a very wealthy man there named Zacchaeus, who supervised all the tax collectors. He was very eager to see Jesus. kept trying to get a look at Him through the massive crowd. Since Zacchaeus was a short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people, he ran on ahead of everyone and climbed up on a blossoming fig tree to get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree. Massive crowd. So big, Zacchaeus has had to climb a tree to even get a glimpse of Jesus. But what is Jesus doing? He's looking. Do you know every day of your life he's been looking for you? That every, every breath you have in your body, he'll look for you. He'll seek you. To your dying breath, he'll seek you. The man on the cross that was next to him, that wasn't by coincidence. Jesus was seeking him. He, he was seeking both of them. One of them gave their whole heart to him. The other one didn't. You have a choice to make. He will never stop seeking you. Church on the move will never stop seeking you. Never. We'll never stop seeking you. We'll never, never stop telling you how much Jesus loves you. We'll never stop telling you that he can't just be something you believe in, but it's someone that you live for. That that's your purpose is to live for him in every aspect of your life. <coughs> so Jesus looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I, for I must stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and found himself face to face with Jesus. Zacchaeus was a very wealthy man and very feared. Tax collectors were very feared. They had the support of the Roman government and Roman guards. He could have said, what are you talking about? You're not eating at my house. That's not what Zacchaeus said. It's not what he said to Jesus. He said, oh man, I am so honored that you'd want to eat at my house. That you would come to me. He said, as Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this, all the people to have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. Can I tell you something? Since I've been the pastor here and before that, crooks, thieves, adulterers, fornicators, homosexuals, all these murderers, all these kind of people, liars, and before you feel all sanctified, I guarantee you, you're in that list somewhere. You're in this list. You murdered somebody in your mind. You've lusted for something that wasn't yours. We've all lied. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and as long as I'm the pastor here, all of those type of people will be welcome here. But let me say this. But let me say this. You won't be welcome to stay the same. What you'll be welcome to do is allow Jesus to love you, change you, tell you the truth about who you really are because 
Jesus came to change us, not to leave us in any sin whatsoever. He said this, he said, Zacchaeus was amazed over his gracious visit to his home and joyously welcomed Jesus. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay them back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, Your repentance, your change shows that today life or salvation has come to you in your household. Guys, it is amazing that when men get saved, men... When males get saved, 80% of the household will get saved. When they go all in, almost 100% of the time, the whole family will go all in. I'm not discounting what mama's prayers do. My mama's prayers saved my life. But it was because of one of my brothers, another male, that he got saved, that I got saved. It's because the two of us got saved, my other two brothers got saved, and because my two other brothers got saved, my dad got saved. And then salvation permeated our family. Men, it's vital that you stop living for yourself. It's because men have lived for themselves that we're in the mess we're in right now. Not women. Why is women not involved? Women have their own place to play on both sides of this. But it, God gave men authority. God gave men leadership. Men, it's up to you. You're leading spiritually no matter what. You're either leading to hell or you're leading to heaven. But you're leading your family spiritually because God's given you spiritual authority to lead one way or the other. I want to encourage you today to lead them to heaven, not to hell. You'll regret it forever if you don't. But God wants to change us for the good, for our best. We'll live our best life if we'll let him, if we'll repent, if we'll say, God, I want to change. So Zacchaeus like, I'm going to change. I'm a thief. I'm a crook. I get it. They're right. I'm not denying who I am. I'm just going to deny I'm going to continue to be that. Because you, Jesus, came into my life, my house. Now I'm living for you. I am changed. I'm no longer a crook. I'm no longer a thief. I'm going to be a right. I'm going to be right with God from the rest of my life. And my whole household's going to be right. My whole household's going to get right. And he said that you are a true son of Abraham. Then he said it. The son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those, to save the lost. I talked to you about what the lost means. The word saved, zozo, it literally means to be totally made whole. He wants to make you whole. I hate being lost. And because of that, man, I was so full of anger as a teenager. Man, it was just always in me. I was always angry. But one of the reasons that I was... You know, good at football, was all-state football player, is because of I played so angry. They thought it was passion. It wasn't passion, it was anger. I was so angry all the time. I fought all the time. Didn't win them all, but I fought all the time. I was always angry because I was so lost. 
and I knew it. And on the outside, people thought, man, he's, he's got this going, he's got that going, he's got this going. Guys, on the, that was the outside. On the inside, I was in a maze. I could never find a way out. It's like every time I thought I turned a corner, okay, this will make me happy. This will make it. This will do it. It was like, I was, it was like oh, no, I'm, I'm still lost. I'm still angry. I'm still. And the people I knew, the, 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 the teenagers that I knew that we had any kind of serious conversations, I mean, they were, I was looking for answers. Like, do you know anything about this? And they, they were more lost or just as much lost as I was. Some of them weren't angry. They were just depressed. We were lost. It was the blind leading the blind. And Jesus sought me. He sought me. He sought me through my mama. He sought me through my brother ultimately. He sought me. Gave me an opportunity to choose. What are you going to live your life for? You're going to live your life for yourself and live like this, live angry and lost? You're going to trust me and give me your whole life and live with a purpose. Love with a purpose. You're going to allow me to change you, quiet that voice of anger. Most people don't know this, but one night in a drunken rage, I was driving probably 120, 130 miles an hour down a dirt road. I was with another guy. He was high as a kite. We were both drunk and high. I looked at him. I said, hey, why don't we just throw this thing sideways and see what happens? And I wanted to die. Now, on the outside, people would have never thought that of me because it looked like I had it all together, but I was lost. It was dark. The insecurities, the fears, kept catching up to me. The shame of things that I'd done kept trying to catch up to me. But I was lost. So I threw that car sideways. I don't know how many times we spun around. The guy with me is like, sure, man. I don't have anything to live for. It's exactly what he said. And I spun that thing around. I don't know how many times. I just let go. I spun it and let go of the wheel. Like, okay, let's die. And I ended up in a ditch on the other side of the road. Not a scratch on that car, not a scratch on me. Because I believe my mama's prayers to protect me while I was lost saved my life. That's how lost I was. Oh, but one day I went to church and I found the love of God and the shame and the, the pride and the insecurities and the fears were all, oh man, he saved my, my heart. He saved my life. That's what he wants to do right now with you. Are you tired of being lost? And I'm going to tell you this, Jesus is the only one that can do it. This is real life, God. It's real life at Church on the Move. It's really real. And we know, how many of you know what it's like to be lost like that? That you didn't even care if you lived or died? How many know what it's like to be found? To be sought after in love and forgiven. 
and changed. Listen, every eye closed. God loves us so immensely, so incredibly, that He is seeking you. It's like He sought me. He's seeking you online. He's seeking you right now here in church. He wants to save you. He wants to heal you. Body, soul, and spirit. He wants to deliver you from the power of sin to control you in this life and the power of sin to sentence you to hell in the next. He wants to save your life. He not just wants to save you from something, He wants to save you to something. What does He want to save me to? A real life. A legitimately real life that's real, not fake. That you're no longer lost. You're no longer in a maze. You're no longer alone in a crowded room. You no longer have to continue to live in shame. He'll forgive you of all your sin. He'll remove the shame of it. The guilt, the anger, the depression. He wants to save your life. But you have to answer the question, who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say he is? If today you want to say he's the Lord Jesus Christ and he's your Lord, and you want to get all in, you want to, you know, and sometimes I, I used to think, wow, what does that mean to be all in? It, it's just everything you got right now, you give to Him. Your life no longer is your own. You be, it belongs to Him. So when He says to do something, you do it. And that's how I live my life as a Christian. I, I didn't hear His voice. I heard, him, I heard a preacher say, hey, I want to show you in the Word that you need, to, you need to serve. I want to show you in the Word that you need to stop doing this and start doing this. I want to show you. In, man, so whatever Jesus said, I obeyed because I knew He loved me. I knew He saved me. I just became obedient because he loved me. And I was lost and he found me. It's what he's going to ask of you. He's already proven he loves you. What are you going to do now? Who do you say he is? If you've never prayed and you want to pray right now, we want to pray with you. But you believe in your heart. You confess out of your mouth that Jesus is the Lord. He's the Lord Jesus Christ of your life. You give him all of you and he gives you all of him. Oh man, what an exchange that is. Or maybe you've known him. You keep running back to the world to the flesh, to Satan. You keep running back to darkness. You just need to run home. Run home. Run home. Do it now. Whether it's your first time or your next time, you're running home today. Let's pray right now.
online, I'm going to ask you, right now, send us a message. I'm praying for the first time or the next time. Online, do that right now. We want to send you something that will bless you. We're not asking, we're not sending you a tithe envelope. We're sending you some information, stuff you need to start doing and acting on. In this room, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand boldly, unashamedly, on the count of three and say, I'm going to get right with God today, and I'm not ashamed of that. I don't want to be lost. I want God's purpose in my life. One, two, three. Raise your hand up high. Say it's me all over this room. Praise God. Amen. It's incredible. Let's all pray together. Pray with these that raise their hand. And just mean this. Do it. Your whole life, all of you, right now. Say this, say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. You sent your only begotten Son, Jesus, born of a virgin, your Son. And He died on a cross for my sins. You raised Him from the dead, and He's alive. And because I believe that, with all my heart, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and to teach me and remove all my shame, all my guilt, so I can live for you. Jesus, I don't just say this, but I mean it with all of me today. You are the Lord. Jesus Christ of my whole life. You gave your life for me. Now I give my life to you. Teach me how to live for you. All in. All out. In every aspect of my life here. And forever with you in heaven. Thank you for saving my life. In Jesus name. So be it. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.